each Sunday night. Gonna need more coffee. Watch the practice with none of my friends. I turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. With your host, Keith Varney. I screwed it up already, Mike and Neglio. Way back in high school, it's true. Most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TV. You criticized my dancing last time. Wait 15 yep, years. Yep, we did it anyway. Dancing. <laughs> Mike, this is all we need. 1080p, <laughs> baby. That's all we need. Nobody wants more. Last week uh, got up res to 4K. This week? Why? Uh, <laughs> this week, everything is screwed up. And welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast, a weekly podcast in which we discuss David E. Kelly's award-winning series. And like I said a half an hour ago when we started this again, you already know that. Including, you probably already know that we had to start this again. You've been with us for a long time now, but we are talking about Season 6, Episode 4, Vanished, Part 1. Which means there might be a Part 2. How is it? It is 11... It was supposed to be 11 a.m. It is now 11.40 a.m. How's it going on this bright and sunny Monday morning? Oh, it's going wonderfully, Keith. There's only one thing I know about this episode. Actually, there's a few yep. things I've just I've figured out already. But one thing I know for sure going forward, I don't know that it's going to actually get recorded because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're having problems. However, what I am sure of is it ain't going to be as sexy as last week. That is for sure. I mean, folks, uh, was that too sexy? Did you feel uncomfortable uh, listening on the subway because Mike brought was just so so sexy? Uh, I dropped the the sexy hard, as hard as I could drop it. (laughs) Which, as discussed after forty, is you know hard enough. (laughs) You know, ish. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Uh, Oh my goodness! It is now. Of course, we're we're still a week ahead, Mm -hmm. so uh, it's it's a little disconcerting. But we are. uh, we are plowing ahead with season six. Life is continuing. It is now spring. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's been uh, been beautiful here. We just got through Easter. If you celebrate Easter, happy Easter. Um, See, we did. Yes. Uh, I will have you know that I got a text from my mother-in-law. It's like, oh, did you get your cat an Easter basket? And uh, and so I quickly improvised one. So it was uh, it was pretty good until I realized, or until Jillian found that I put a. Uh, I, we didn't have a basket, so I used a coffee filter, and we didn't have any hard-boiled eggs, so I put a raw egg in the coffee filter, and she's like, that's definitely going to be on the floor in 10 seconds. Uh, hashtag uh, oops cat content. I, I forgot to put it up there when you mentioned Did you get? Did you get Charlie Basket? Uh, well, I, I didn't. Well, I used the coffee filter, but right. while we're doing it, while you're finding, oh, there's the cat content, uh, I, I figure, as as you mentioned last week, we might need this. So uh, hold on to your hats, folks. We have tried for years to make this podcast a success. We failed. It's time to give the world what it was. Meow, meow. Hot cat content. Meow, meow. Hot cat content. 
content. Yeah. We now have a cat con a hot cat content bumper, folks. Get ready for that to be played every week now. Now, Keith, not only I want you just so you know that I I not nearly as much work, but a smidge of the work. Not oh, only did have... you do one too? No, no, no. I wish. Oh, oh, that would be amazing. No, I just made this stupid graphic. As you can see, it's a stick figure cat uh, that uh -huh. just says hashtag oops cat content. But I want you to know because the origins of cat content, there was also remember it was moody cat content because it got real dark. So you'll notice oh, I put a right. I put a goth earring into the cat. Uh I know. It's like a bow tie with a skull. I like it. Yeah, so we really, and with today's Easter egg, it really fits. It Oh, it definitely does. Wow, that's how exciting. So, uh, yes, so that was this week's cat content. Uh, maybe I'll throw a pic of the, up on the pod of Charlie's Easter basket. I can't wait. Which he enjoyed very much. Uh, I also have, uh, very quickly, they finally announced... Uh, season two of Retro Tech. Yes. Which plug, which plug, I plug. Will, yeah. So uh, my episode is going to air April something. Uh, but I, I just, I just wanted to not to brag, but okay. I, I want to uh, read a little bit from the press release uh, where I finally am going to get some, get some love in the press release. Thank so. God. Uh, here, here's this. The impressive lineup of featured guests include innovator and philanthropist Bill Gates, astro, astrophysicist, planetary scientist, and author Neil deGrasse Tyson, actors and comedians Michael Ian Black, Wyatt Cenac, Chris Gether, Dulce Sloan, YouTube giant creators Jake Baldino, Kevin Lieber, Gally Russell, Austin Evans, Michael Gregory, Sarah Dietschy, and... Wait for it. Here it comes. It's finally my turn. Among others. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I am so honored. Oh, that's big, that's big time. To be credited among others. <laughs> hey. <laughs> They're in the edit room. They're like, what was his name? Uh, whatever. It's cool. Well, for the YouTube creators, right? Jake Baldino, 6.3 million subscribers. Kevin Lieber, 4.3 million, and so on. Keith Varney, 38. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Started with zero, baby. Started from the bottom, now we're here. <laughs> among so, others. Among others. I, I think I need to get a t-shirt. I'll tell you what, among, among others, others is great SEO, though, buddy. You Google that, you're going to really Ooh. see some results. No, definitely. Yeah. No, that's that's uh I'm frequently credited among you know, Keith, others. If people wanted to follow you uh, and among among others, how would they do mm -hmm. that? I don't know. Uh you mean on YouTube? I think No, no, no. This is what the the segue into the big oh, oh, bold into letters. Ours. That, yes, yes. Oh. Yes. This is the contact info oh, oh, that we always forget to, to do. Yeah, you're trying to read the don't read the rundown. That's not for you. You said uh, it to me. I, well, because you want to know who was the who won the the, the number one song. Oh, blah, this blah, is going blah. well. This is going well. <laughs> Never record in the mornings. Uh, if you would like to contact the Out of Practice Podcast, you can email us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Out of Practice Podcast. If you would like to follow, among others, I think on Facebook I'm at Keith Var or uh, Instagram I'm at Keith Varney. 
That's, yes, I don't know. Yes, you are. Yes. And Look I'm at me. At, and Mikey I99. But more importantly, if you would like to follow Charlie, oh, yeah, it is big. at Charlie Jr. the cat on Instagram. Uh, while you're at it, while you're uh, wasting your time following our nonsense, which certainly my personal stuff I never update, you can do us a giant favor by joining the jury and leaving us, meaning the Out of Practice podcast, a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other service. Just let us know. And you can join this incredible assemblage of fine people, all of whom who have helped the podcast a great deal. Yes, we thank each and every one of them, especially those who we spelled incorrectly. <laughs> Uh yes, well, and I uh, we're, we should hop hop into uh, uh, filings of the penis, but I want to say quickly that well, one of the things that I've done this it's not more TV because it's a little more solemn than that, but I've been walking watching the Derek Chauvin trial, which has been really um, horrifying and horrifying. Horrifying is the is the only word I can come up with, but it's been really fascinating to watch the process in a real trial and mm. to be. And to have the opportunity to um, watch the whole thing and watch the prosecution lay out its case. Um, at this point, on April 5th, the prosecution is still laying out the case, which I'm not sure what the defense is going to be, but I'm curious to see what they come up with. But it was it, it's it's been really it's been really something. And I think perhaps it's it's good that we as a country are able to watch some of this accountability happening um, after the George Floyd murder. Filings and subpoenas. Filings oh. and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Well, you know, our our CEO, our CEO, Jen, who actually has um, direct access to us, but still felt uh, that she wanted to say publicly that last episode... And of course, everyone's talking here about season six, episode two, because we're a week ahead. Said uh, Charlie right. Jr.'s tail stole the show, which of course it did. Charlie yeah. Jr.'s tail not, always not steals Definitely not the show. And uh, of course, moderator Phoenix Cage weighed in uh, to point out that his name was misspelled in the jury. Keith, um, you know, how dare you? I'm not here for spelling, okay? That's, that's not what I, I'm... I ain't being paid to spell. God damn it. But yes, sorry about that. We have remedied it. Uh, he also says, Mike, you sound a bit stuffy. Was it from the smoke or just spring allergies? Right now, I sound similar because I had sinus surgery yesterday. I certainly hope uh, you are recovering nicely from sinus surgery. That's no fun. You know, Keith, I found here what I'm uh, that in Pennsylvania, somehow, maybe just my area, somehow... Actually, I know exactly how. So uh, it had to been a little bit chilly. New York, we had that dry radiator heat, as you recall. Right. Here we have gas heat with the, you know, with the with the thermostat and everything. Somehow it's drier. It is more dry somehow. And uh, the, you know, relative humidity in a, in a house, especially if you have instruments, you want to keep it between 40 and 60 percent, right? Yeah. On the extremes. Yeah. We were down in the 13 to 23 percent uh, relative oh. humidity here. So it was dry as hell. So that's why I've been a little, uh, you know, this, that, and also, you know, you know, the, the marijuana. And uh, so that's why yeah. I, I sound stuffy. But I do appreciate your concern, Mr. Cage. Yes, yes. And yeah, I, we I have... pass mine off to you. I hope, I hope that you're recovering well from your, your surgery. Definitely. I could probably use it. I feel like my nose is getting even more sideways. 
I don't know what's happening there. I think we're watching a real-time anxiety meltdown. That's what this podcast has been for two years. Like, I can't wait for this day in the basement. Do I have a this day in the basement for you? Oh, boy, I'm excited. It's going to be good. Well, I I will just round it out because I'm a completist uh, with our filings and subpoenas. So if you spam us, I'm going to read you on the air. So uh, on Instagram... uh, Did we get spammed? Oh, yeah, a couple of times. Uh, Mohit Chowdhury, 54, says, promoted on at Empire Records. And uh, EOE19 <laughs> also says, promote it on at Beatles Media. So, guys, people want us to promote our uh, our Instagram content. So <laughs> We also got so a, check a, a nefarious link from uh, and a couple of logins from the Czech Republic, or where was it? Great, great. Yeah, we have yeah, to re so, authenticate. No, that yeah, we're we're uh but check, you know like the Instagram, like we don't post a lot of it here on the YouTubes, but you should really check out the Instagram. Like we it's we It's the only are moderately it. successful part of the podcast. It's the only and moderately professional. Like it's really something all of the hikoopsies are uh, are showing up there if you it's it's really worth worth a view. Uh so definitely check out the I Gee, all right, let us move forward because I have to yell at a nerd in two hours. Let us hop forward into the time, backwards into the time machine. And we are going to talk about October 14th, the year 2001. And ask the eternal question, Mike, what was going on? This day in the basement. Well, I'm so glad you asked, Keith. And it turns out, as I hit all my buttons, so many buttons, buttons. Uh, so many buttons, uh, that I I do have something to talk about here. Oh, um, so you recall, I moved to New York, and I I I was singing a lot more than usual, and my voice was a lot more tired than usual. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm going to decide, make an executive decision to edit in real time, and say that I'm not ready to jump over there yet. We're not oh. wasn't quite ready yet. <clears throat> I don't know, but now I'm so excited. Uh, it's really not that exciting. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I, you know, growing up, I should mention this. Uh, I got a lot of sinus infections, much like Phoenix, which <laughs> is another uh, similarity that I'm sure he'll find astounding. And it, it happened quite frequently, and I just assumed I was that was part of my lot in life. When I got to school, uh, I got a pretty good one at once we began school, and it was really kind of troublesome when you got to you know sing a lot every day, multiple yeah. times a day for hours on end, and then rehearse. And I then had a teacher who uh, pulled me aside, and uh, his name was uh, Joe. He was my VPS teacher, voice and speech. It was a voice and speech class, a lot of Meisner technique, wonderful class, loved it, and mm-hmm. it ends up actually saving me in a lot of ways because he pulled me aside and he's he he said the dreaded words no singer wants to hear i think you may have nodes oh shit and that you know tracked a little bit once i did a little research because uh i was in a rock band in high school and i did a lot of screamy singing and i have i was just learning to really sing these past few years so my technique was questionable at best and keith i i pulled a lot of stuff to let you hear, but at my age, some recordings of around this time, you could start, you could really hear something's up with my voice. 
Mm. It's like I'm swallowing my tongue. It sounds like I'm swallowing my tongue, which I probably was. Uh, but I, I'm just so embarrassed by some of it that I, I just can't play it on the internet. And you know me, I, I don't have a lot of shame. So you got you can imagine no. how, how bad it is, but I'll, I'll consider it moving forward. Anyway, uh, I went to an ENT the first time I had been, I got scoped. They did the whole thing and I found out, uh, the good news, bad news situation. Now remember, this is my first semester at school, right? Uh, that I didn't have notes, thankfully. Okay. That's good. What had happened was that I had had so many sinus and tonsil tonsillitis infections as a kid that my tonsils were, in the professional opinion of the uh, ENT, as big as golf balls. Oh shit! So you are you are basically, he says to me, singing uh, around two golf balls in your throat. So right. what you can see here on the left is. You know, a couple these aren't to scale, obviously. Well, maybe they are. Uh, Probably. Uh, an approximation of what your tonsils should look like and what mine were. So, right, right. That's why it's, you can, that the picture on the right specifically, that's why it, I sounded like I was swallowing my tongue because ostensibly there was something in my throat. Interesting. Oh, so that's fascinating. Now I really want to hear it because, like, it's 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 not like judging what you sounded like. You had like a medical condition. Yeah. So, uh, Grow so, I had to at the age of twenty, between twenty and twenty-one, have my tonsils out, which sure. is a surgery that generally little kids get, and it's not it's one it's like the it's like chickenpox. You really don't want it as an adult, especially when you're in school. So I went and had my tonsils out, and not only did it take both of my tonsils out, but there was a little bit of a slip during the <clears throat> surgery, and they lanced oh, my no. tongue slightly. So I got this tongue infection, which... Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so I had like a, a, a couple of stitches on my tongue, my tonsils out, they were all stitched up, and then I had to... So anyway, I healed up. I had to take a little bit of time off of school. Uh, well, just not participating. I still had to like dance and stuff, which was dumb. But <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, ended up then having to do intense, spe intense speech therapy, and luckily, this guy, Joe, I wish I remembered his last name. Probably best that I don't... Uh, my VPS teacher actually did private uh, rehab with me because uh, clearly my medical coverage did not cover it. And basically I had to relearn to sing I, because I had learned to like manipulate the sound around these obstacles. Right, right. So that so when they were gone, I was doing a lot of like mouth manipulation, some bad habits that, to the, that I have to this very day. But I eventually got back on track. And though this is not a good comparison, I did find something after surgery that I'm not as embarrassed to play. Oh, good. But um, you can tell the sound is much clearer. It's a, it's an interesting song, but uh, you can you can tell that my sound is a lot clearer. Let's see if it works. It's a short little tune. It's broken hearted. You sound a lot like a guitar. <laughs> this is what a healing little me sounds like.
It's a, it's a love song for octopuses. I was going to say, did you just say cephalopods? I did. <laughs> you did. Anyway, that's all the singing. But, uh... Yeah, it was, uh, it was a, a weird time, so... Well, I, you know, a couple of things. Hey, yet another good tune. Like, when are you going to put it on an album, Michael? Yeah, well, my songs are a minute and a half long, so it's rough. So you need, like, 30 songs, but that's all right. Actually, that's... I'm not generally a fan of lyric, but... Uh, the octopus has eight arms and three hearts. Good for them. I can barely handle this one. So I'm writing love songs for cephalopods. I think that's a pretty interesting term. That's a great line. Um, it's a great line, yeah. But uh, well, that's not great without a direct juxtaposition of my how I sounded prior. But you can tell there's a lot more space. And uh, it, was, it was interesting at 20 years old to finally go back to school and actually have to relearn to actually sing, which is uh, where we were. Which I... It's it's interesting because I think about it from a vocal pedagogy standpoint. It actually is a good time to do that because yeah. especially for men, you're having to relearn how to sing at that, you know, like 18 to 25 range anyway because yeah. you're you're still dealing with the 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 la- the remnants of your voice changing and it's still developing and growing for like 10 years after that. So it actually makes where you did it in a sort of a medical extreme fashion, but really everybody is doing it, uh, relearning how to sing because we're finally getting some real technique and figuring out that kind of stuff. I think that's that's fascinating. Yeah, very so, interesting. Uh, another weird parallel with Phoenix too. So, yeah, yeah, uh, interesting. Well, cool. Well, I have a clip this week too, uh, but it's not the one you're expecting, Mike. So, uh, first off, I will. I'm so happy to have the old emails back because yeah, I know what's awesome. going on. So uh, it's fall in uh, in Vermont. My mother sent me these pictures of the foliage that she took just that day. That is the uh, that's the road I grew up on. Crazy. That is Poker Hill Road, and that's uh, the j- just like a random little uh, farmland right behind us. If you go for a walk on the road, she clearly went there and got that. So that was very pretty. Uh, Two other things that I found in email. One is a 21-year-old Keith uh, really understanding the internet and how it worked. Spent some time uh, this week replying to junk mail saying, please unsubscribe me. Oh, boy. Wow. (laughs) Hello. That's Hello, 2001. I really understood (laughs) And I was like a tech nerd. I've always been a tech nerd, but I was like, man, I they'll be, you know, take me right off the list for or sure. There will if be I hell to that. pay. I will write a strongly worded email. I know. And, and they'll definitely not use a response as a way to say this is a verified email and then send 10 trillion more. Mm. Uh, but I also had an email scheduling with uh, my friend at school, Philip. Who uh, Philip Palmer, who has gone on to be a uh, pretty successful uh, musical theater composer in various ways, uh, but at that point he was, uh, he was one of my classmates, and he was doing at school what I should have been doing, and a little bit what you were doing, Mike. And he was taking a recording class and a a studio mixing, mastering, recording sort of a deal, uh, and he was a composer. And uh, so his class project was to take one of the songs that he had written to orchestrate it and then record it. And because he was 
you know, his heart is a musical theater dude, just like me. He called in the musical theater nerd, and uh, and we recorded uh, this. Eastman, nobody was like, sings like this. They're like, what the fuck are you doing? Well, having access to real strings, oh, it just yeah, makes such... And, and so it, it literally just like you grab four random classmates and like just, eh, just, you know, throw this down. And, uh, but like that was, we did a couple of those and uh, I'm, I'm, if, I, I so regret not having taken that opportunity because we had a beautiful professional recording studio there. You had world-class musicians of all flavors who can just show up and like sight read it for God's sakes. And it's just like, I should have done more of that. I oh, am. We could spend a whole different podcast on like the shit you didn't take advantage of. Well, we me, should have college in general <laughs> in the beginning. You know, I, you just mentioned like I was starting, if I could just do the, well, we can't, so whatever, but I, I, I'm so sorry that I didn't get to finish that. What an opportunity to study with some of those people in, in a state of the art recording. And, and now I could use a lot of those skills as I've just learned to be a hack. So no, me too. Me too. Well, look, we took the path we took. And here it, we are. And it got us to the point where we are here <laughs> on this podcast being listened to by literally tens of people and uh -huh. listed prominently in worldwide press releases as among others. Among others. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You, you, you're not wrong, Keith. You're not wrong. No, no, we're not. Now, let us continue our stream of regrets. And talk about... Oh, wait, It's look. time for the no. Out of Practice Podcast. <laughs> oh, this day in the world. All of a sudden the it worked. Hits, the biggest movies headline. Oh, wait, all right, hold on. We'll talk about... <laughs> ready? It's going to be the Globe one. We're going to talk wait, about some on. other yeah, things. Let me, let me hit the button. I think it's all programmed to the button, which is why I got to do it this get, way. Get okay, that hot key ready. Let's try, try it. <laughs> all right. Oh, for the first time, uh, we're going to talk <laughs> about... It's time for the Out of Practice Podcast. There we go. This day in the world, the greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. Okay, well, on October 14th, the year 2001, we were all listening to I'm Real Murder Remix. <laughs> <laughs> we were Jennifer all Lopez all featuring us. Ja Rule. Oh, that's, I mean, that was really banging at the, uh, in <laughs> Kilbourne Hall at the Eastman School of Music. The top movie continued to be Training Day in, uh, which took in $13 million in week two. And on the Burlington Free Press, there was an anthrax scare that closed the INS. Uh, now, if you remember... Right here at the beginning of the war with Afghanistan, right after 9-11, we had a whole bunch of anthrax scares and other such stuff. It was kind of a, uh, it was a nervous time. Oh, oh, thank you. That was loud. Okay. <laughs> this, this is going really good, I think, if I'm being honest. Oh, 
Oh my god, we're really crushing it. Uh, uh, what do we do now? Speaking of very loud. Speaking of very loud. It's time for. It's time. It's time. It's time, it's time for sports. The New York Football Giants lost a squeaker to the greatest show on turf in St. Louis, 15 to 14. Kurt Warner threw 316 yards in the win. With Tiki Barber injured, no game day rushed for 88 yards and a touchdown. The loss dropped the Giants to three and two. The Philadelphia Football Eagles were on a bye. Oh, I timed it. That's the only thing that's gone right. Amazing. All right. I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. And I'm not going to take this anymore. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> I played that for you off air while you were setting up the deck today. We are talking about the practice season six, episode four, Vanished. Part one, vanished like is the majority of this uh, recording. We'll probably end our professionalism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this episode had a teleplay by Crystal Nix Hines, who wrote on four episodes of Alias and one of Commander in Chief. A story by Kathy McCormick. This is her only episode of the practice, but she also wrote on Law and Order: Reasonable Doubts, Crossing Jordan, Law and Order UK. I didn't even know there was a Law and Order UK. And Crystal Nix Hines. It was directed by Arvin Brown, who last directed on Brothers Keeper, which leaves us with only one thing to do before we mercifully, mercifully move on to the episode, and that is. You know, next week I'm going to have to talk about. What is that supposed to mean? Some new law and orders. Is this what happens to women oh, right. of your penis? What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? You know, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Mm. Then what would have happened? Uh, well, I mean, I'm hoping, my, my first prediction is that we somehow conclude the episode before 4.30 today. Um, uh-huh. Uh, now, uh, yeah, seriously. Now, uh, season six is the season of... Big Pitches. Big pitches. Last week it was sexy pitches, yes, but we can go back to big pitches. Bold, bold pitches. Bold pitches. So, Keith, I've been thinking a lot about last week, actually, because mm. I just can't believe they did Jimmy dirty like that. Uh, mm. Jimmy's become one of my favorite characters. His arcs are all over the place, but I generally love that Bataluco rises to the challenge. Mm hmm. And then I remembered that last season they put Bobby on trial for first degree murder. That's true. That's slightly thought, more. Wait a of second. A problem. Jimmy's mm -hmm. just a gambleaholic? Mm -hmm. We can do better than that. And so my pitch oh. for this week, Keith, is that rather than digging Jimmy out of his gambling hole, mm -hmm. let's dig him further. Ooh. My pitch for this episode, or let's say, well, uh, yeah, well, for this episode is that Jimmy digs his hole deeper by committing more crimes. Ooh, more crimes. I can't specify what they are because I, I just don't know. But, but. Look, if you're going to pitch an episode, you got to be specific. Perhaps, what crimes is Jimmy going to do? Perhaps Jimmy 
no, see, Bobby hired Bobby got accused of hiring a hitman. I was gonna say he hires a hitman on on Jeffrey Tambor. Um right. but instead of that, let's let's think maybe uh, let me let me well you know, but let's Jimmy needs to get money fast. Yes. Perhaps Jimmy gets found or maybe not found. Perhaps Jimmy considers or puts into plan a motion to embezzle money from the firm. Ooh, okay. But I feel like Lucy would be on top of that shit. Who, where else could he get the money? He's got an old client. He tried that last week. Jimmy is going to nefariously start a podcast. get money. <laughs> he, the war chest would grow fast. <laughs> Jimmy is going to commit crimes to get money to pay off this gambling debt. Okay. That's my that's my big my big my big jamby. Big jamby, folks. There it is. <laughs> Can you say big jamby again? That's awesome when you say it for whatever reason. Big jamby, folks. <laughs> it is time to hop over to your podcasting service of choice and listen to us. Listen to the practice. Season six, episode four, vanished part one. We'll see you on the flip side for I, the oopsies. Maybe, maybe we'll see you. You all should know and probably have deciphered by this point just how badly this is going. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll try to pull it all They're together. They're not all for winners, you. but they are all losers. Season six, <laughs> episode four. You guys have no idea. Vanished. I can't even believe they're letting him out. He's managed to convince the shrinks he's no longer a danger. Remember, he was never actually charged in the kidnapping of your son. The police know he did it. They just couldn't prove it. Plus, he's a convicted child molester. Don't these people repeat their crimes? What exactly are you hiring me to do? To try to keep him in jail? We want to bury our son. Only he knows where the body is if there even still is. We were wondering if we could somehow force him to tell us where the remains are. I really don't see how. If he were to tell us where the body is, he'd effectively be admitting to the murder. We're told you have a relationship with the DA's office. Oh, could he you, does. We were thinking yeah. if you could get them to consider filing charges against Pierce for the kidnapping, She's that a would superstar. give you some leverage, wouldn't it? Yeah, let's introduce Maybe this couple. Two guest stars who have joined us already. Very nice guest stars who are attempting to, I guess, bury their child who's been molested, murdered, murderested. That's just... That that that's a big swing, sir. Uh, well, I mean, I I thought I put a piece together those context clues as well as the husband's great use of the dog whistle. These people, these people, indeed. Well, these people are Nicholas Sarovi, Sarovi, as Richard Baldwin, who you would recognize from Deadwood, Murder She Wrote, Breaking Free, Forever Young. And on Voyager, he was Pinar McCall in Time Again. Time and again. So here you get your unnecessary Star Trek reference. However, however, folks, he was also Henry Richards in The Blessing. Uh-oh. Here we go. We're not supposed to notice that you've been on the show before. But now you get twice the residual. Two, three, four. Rhyming at your door. Here we go, here we go. back to the practice, I'll pretend that I don't recognize that I saw you in season two and you met your demise. Patter section. First you were a killer, but now you're 
And his wife is... Yes, his wife is played by Deirdre O'Connell, who you would know from Sirens, Second Noah, City of Angels, Law and Order, and The Affair. That's all you got? That's all I got. I know you've been to the DA's office, and I know what they've told you. Hey, hey. Because we're just two anonymous people walking in off the street. They know you. If you ask, Mr. They've banged you. First of all, this kidnapping happened 18 years ago. If they couldn't build a case then, there's no way. I think you have to let it go now. Wow. We gotta let it go. Let it go. We need to bury our son. Keith, things you generally don't want to hear from your attorney about your dead son, you need to let it go. Yeah, that's not the uh, legal advice you're really hoping for. I mean, if he sang it. (laughs) I'd love to see Bobby. uh, Let it go. Let it go. You gotta bury your son below. Let it go. Let it go. His molesters in prison. And there he'll stay till his dying day. He's already dead. Oh. Yeah, wow. I mean, that's a thing I want to be. never bothered me anyway. Wow. Folks, write your letters uh, not to the out of practice podcast at gmail.com because I don't want to see that shit. Send it to Mikey I 99. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my Lord. <clears throat> if I didn't have All notes right. before, I absolutely have them now. Yeah, well, we're uh, brought to you out of practice podcast brought to you by Mike's Nodes. Mike's Nodes <laughs> with you since 1999. Get them while they're hot. Wrongful death. And golf ball size. For a murder that took place 18 years ago? It's a long shot. What's the end game? Even if you do win, does he have any assets? It's not about money. Then what's it about? The parents want to bury their son. They want closure. If I can create the threat of a lawsuit, maybe we can get this guy to reveal where the remains are. That Forgive shot of me, the four of them all together trying to take advantage of widescreen, but we don't get to see widescreen. What's wide our contingency? Lindsay, try to get the police records. Find out whatever the DA's office has or had. Eleanor, research the statute of limitations issue. That'll definitely be challenged. Rebecca, you and Jimmy get started on the complaint. I love an all hands on deck. Where is Jimmy? Except for Jimmy. Where is Jimmy? I think he. I, I think he's sucking dick in the back room for cash. <laughs> Thanks. I got a very big dick. Jimmy, jeez, how long's it been? Aunt Marie's funeral. Well, before we ruin this scene, let's introduce. Oh my God, it's Jimmy's cousin! I'm glad I know he's his cousin now, so I won't make a dick sucking joke. You know, it's great when the bumper's playing, I can't hear what you're saying, and I'm kind of glad today. <laughs> Is that always the case or just today? Have we re- it's almost another- always the case. Okay. On the second half of the Who's That, I see your lips moving, but I only hear at the end. That's all I. Uh, so I never have any idea what you've just said. Because you never go back and watch. <laughs> Do I go back and watch? So you literally, for two years now, you don't know my jokes. I don't, no. <laughs> and, and I don't really feel worse off. <laughs> well, that time, Keith, I said, Guy, I'm glad who I know is Jimmy's cousin, so I won't make a dick-sucking joke. 
<laughs> yep, I feel like I've made the right decision. <laughs> okay. Hey! He, uh, Jimmy's cousin is played by Peter Siragusa, and I I should have looked up a better podcast. Is like any relation to Tony Siragusa? I don't know. Who you what? would know from Home Alone, The Big Lebowski, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, David E. Kelly's favorite book of all time. And he did 5,000 plus performances of sheer madness over Jesus. the country. And he only missed three performances in that time. Keith, some would say that that is sheer madness. Oh, sorry, there was a bumper Wait. playing in my head, yeah. so I couldn't hear. <laughs> and you're like this big, fat cat yourself now. Parking like king. Yeah, king. I barely got a one and a quarter percent profit margin going here. What's up, Jim? Uh, well... Keith, I don't know if you know, but that's the face of a man family. who needs money. Uh, mm. I've gotten myself into a little bit this of a also financial the face jam. This is also man who needs money. Normal circumstances, I would never hit you up for a loan. Normal circumstances, I'd give it to you. Problem is, Jimmy, I just had to write a sizable check myself, so it's going to depend on how big your little bit of a jam is. I'm feeling sick to how my stomach. How big is your little asking. bit? You owe your book. I keep tabs. Your family. Plus, I like the ponies myself. How, How would much? he keep tabs on it's that? It's more football than... How much? I'm putting together that maybe he got the bookie through this guy. Ooh, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. That's possible. You know, my dad used to bet on the football games, and this is how you, like, propagate shit like that. We used to... used to be so fun, because Sunday morning, we'd come back from CCD. <laughs> how fucked up is this, actually? We'd come back from CCD. Why am I clipping so much? Hold on. We come back. Christchurch Despicable. What what is what is CCD? Uh, CCD is is Sunday school basically. Ah, uh, I don't know why it's called CCD. I've 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 I don't know. Anyway, we'd come back from CCD and we'd smell the Italian sauce cooking for Sunday spaghetti, and then we would sit down with my dad at the table, and we would help him circle helmets in the paper, like oh fun the, yeah uh, yes. Fun. What a game. Fun game. And then we watched the games of dad. We didn't know what was happening. Uh, but funny story, Keith. At some point along the line in young childhood, I think I might have said this before, but my dad lost a substantial enough amount of money on the Philadelphia Eagles in a football game that for my entire childhood, we weren't allowed to root for the Philadelphia Eagles. We went over and cheered for Joe Montana and the 49ers. And it wasn't no until my father shit. died that I was allowed to become an Eagles fan. See, that is legitimately true. So how many times did you sing and they're off? Oh, that's funny. That's actually a great, that's a great tune. I should sing that tune. I can't believe you have it. Mm -mm, no. I've got it in my book. We, we can do a performance of it we after should, the show. We should. I also just love to sing anything at this point. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> Twenty-seven. Well, grand. let's get some more nodes on bumpers. Jimmy, I wish I could help you, but uh, the timing's just not good. So every person who says no to Jimmy, we have to do a little hell no. Oh, uh. That's one. Okay. No. <laughs> or that is probably much healthier. Hey, listen. <laughs> Listen. Well, if you want your, I got a tip on. Z. No, you know what would be better? 
We failed. <laughs> yes, we're going to suffer day after tomorrow. I texted you. I bet well, on I, too I, many. Sh- I, I, I'm so sorry to keep interrupting, but uh, I texted Mike uh, like two days ago. I just need you to send back a recording of saying we failed in time. And you're like, okay, no questions asked. He sent it to me. That was like, that was it. He didn't know Actually, what it was going to be. Actually, the voicemail was more like this. It was, hey, Mike, I need you to do this. Two, three, four. We failed. And I was like, all right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Your winners, Tom. How I got in this mess? Well, like I said, I wish I could help. But uh, I'm going to serve him with a complaint myself. Now listen. You'll have to sign a confidentiality agreement. Why? Because there's no way he's going to tell us where the body is if he thinks you'll go running to the police. This isn't about that. I understand, but he'll obviously need to be convinced. We will give him whatever he wants. Just tell us where Chad is. You'll agree not to pursue him civilly or she criminally. She has a Broadway credit key that I cannot put my finger on. But May I go with you? I'll look it to up. To the prison? I don't think that's a great idea. A mother's plea. This is not about a plea, Mrs. Baldwin. This is a threat. Better it come from a lawyer. Are you serious? I'm just asking you to check it out. Lindsay, a kidnapping that happened 18 years ago. I can promise you it's inactive. Broadway credits. She was in Magic Bird. Not it. And the original cast... Or the uh, no, the first revival of the front page in 1986. Okay, so that's not what I can't put my finger on. Apparently, I just can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. There it is. Yeah, I'd like you well. to review the file if you could, assuming I can well even find it, and tell me what you have, please. I just want to make sure you've truly considered the ramifications of closing out your IRA. I have. Realizing that you'll be liable for taxes on <laughs> the entire amount. Realizing. Yeah, right. But also meanwhile, you can't tell, but uh, this is a big, giant star before he was famous. Guys, you don't recognize him with hair, but look out. Why bother? <laughs> Guys, we are seeing a pre-fame Jim Rash as Quimby, who uh, broke out, of course, uh, in Community. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, he's principal. He's the, he's the principal in Community. Uh, you'd also know him from American Housewife, DuckTales, Reno 911, Star Wars Resistance, Captain America, Civil War, and The Naked Truth. And he is an Oscar winner. He is an Oscar winner for Best Adapted Screenplay for The Descendants. Jim Rash, what a talented motherfucker. And here he is doing a bit part on the practice. Penalty for early withdrawal. Also realizing. Do you own a house? Because we offer a wide variety of home equity products that might help fulfill. Maybe I ought to be committed, but this is what I want to do. If you insist, it's just... I'm a renter. How much will I get from the IRA? Uh, let's see, after some calculations, $12. Type, 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 type. Approximately $8,200. $8,200? My retirement fund is $8,200? Do 
you're 23 years shy of retirement age. With your <laughs> maximum annual contribution, if you left this current amount intact... Just give me the money. Jimmy the Grunt. Wish I had an IRA. I don't know, 8200 sounds pretty good. Look, My IRA is some quarters I left in the Nothing to do with that Baldwin kid going missing. It wasn't me. You'll need a lawyer. Keith's IRA is, I regretfully admit I have no money. That is definitely true. All right, so focusing back on the practice for 10 yes, seconds. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, we are now having our meeting with the guy they think killed the little boy 18 years ago. And for some reason, they've decided to bring Lucy in with them in this scene. Uh, but while we're doing it, um, just be prepare yourself. Let's uh, talk about... The creepy guy who probably killed that kid! Maybe it's good because Lucy is a certified uh, uh, trauma counselor, so maybe this will be good. Yes, it is Tom Bauer from El Camino. Die Hard 2, the best of the diehards, I think. Fight me. Battlestar Galactica, West Wing, Beverly Hills Cop the Second, and The Waltons. If the trial starts before your release, you'll be transported to and from court. They never even arrested me. You know why? Because I didn't do it. Like you never molested those three little boys who put you in here? You married? Is that a threat, Mr. Pierce? No, it's not a threat. Look, she got to be here for this. Yes, she does. I, I need a witness. So I brought my I ask if you married, young office assistant. I see the ring on your finger. You probably got a nice wife. You feel like getting it off? She's who you probably think of. You got fantasies about other women? That's cool. Everybody understands. Am I right? What are you talking about? I'm explaining something. Nobody on the planet can help who they're attracted to. For me, it was always little boys. I fooled myself into thinking it was okay. It didn't hurt anybody, not really. I did some bad things. I admit it. And I gotta live with that. So do all the boys you hurt. Yeah. And I gotta live with that too. But I had nothing to do with your client's kid and they got no right to sue me. I could probably get them to drop the suit. They just wanna know where their son is. I don't know what happened to that kid. Have your attorney call me. It's an odd conversation because it? he like half tries to justify yes. himself and then takes responsibility. No. Well, here's the thing. And this is, you know, he obviously has done these terrible things. Right. But there is a, a certain believability. Like, he's already in prison. He's He's been convicted of multiple of these types of 
uh, right. He's not denying crimes. Yeah, but he's like, but this particular kid, that wasn't my work. So, however, however, the, I mean, yes, I think that's a good point. The problem is this last one isn't molestation, which there might have been a statute of limitations issue. It's murder. And there is no statute of limitations on murder. And so he he's probably looking at getting out at some point. And if they're able to convict him on murder, then he's really fucked. Okay. Well, that seems to be the crux of the whole but thing. But he said he didn't kidnap your son. So what happens now? He retained a lawyer. A good one. She filed an immediate motion for summary judgment. We go and argue. Ooh, that I smell next, another good guest star. Oh, we can at least have some leverage to make him talk. Is it Helen Gamble? That would be so a guest star. Oh, was at ten right. o'clock. Okay. Thank you. Good night. Hey, Jimmy. Joey Herrick. Ooh, that'd be awesome. Hey. Everything squared away with you, bookie. No! Last I heard, cops haven't arrested him yet. I'm not really following it since he fired me and all. I'm talking about the money you owe him. Oh, yeah, that. Duh. Oh, yeah, just pulled yeah. that out of my ass, Bobby. Everything's We're fine. In the past tense on that. Definitely. Not true. Good. Jimmy has such a weird way with words sometimes. We're in the past tense about that. Like, we know what that means, but who... Jimmy talks weird sometimes. Bobby's standing there lingering, uh... It tells me he he knows something's up. He's doing the soap opera linger. Death would be presumed after seven years, Your Honor, which means the statute of limitations for wrongful death is long And guys, we got our big giant guest star. That prevented the Baldwin's from fighting. It's the big giant guest star. Is it Eleanor? It's not Eleanor. You weren't paying attention, but you would have recognized immediately Joanna Gleason. Oh. From The West Wing, The Wedding Planner, Mr. Holland's Opus, Love and War, Different Strokes, and this is why we know her, seven Broadway shows, including her legendary Tony-winning performance of, of the Baker's Wife in the original cast of Into the Woods. Uh, she was also in the original cast of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which I saw three times, and she was out all three times when I was there. Oh, that sucks. And uh, I'll go keep going. Go ahead. I was uh, going to say, and, <laughs> if it couldn't get and, any and, worse, you know, now we're talking over <laughs> each other. I can't believe we don't do it more. We've actually it's gotten really pretty remarkable. in sync. It's just today sucks. Today is not good. All right. Make your mouth noises. Okay. So, in a once again, what do we call it? Synchronicity? Synchronicity, yes. Yeah. Uh, Jen and I were just talking about Into the Woods. Uh, nothing signed, so I won't bring it up. But uh, we were listening to the original cast recording, and Jen had made an interesting comment, which is absolutely right. Uh, Joanna Gleason, an amazing actress, amazing, amazing. Uh, but as Jen was saying, like not always, not you wouldn't wouldn't be the first, wouldn't come to your brain the first thought if you if I said incredible singing actresses, it wouldn't be like the first one on your list. Great voice. But like not. Well, she's she's an actress first. I think she has a great voice, but but yeah, she's yes. she's primarily that, yeah. a tremendous actress. Yes, that that's the point I'm ultimately getting at. Without insulting everyone, which I've already done, Jim was saying this was you know that the like the pinnacle uh, period on Broadway where 
it you could be an actor first. That was that was still really really um, the the trumpeted skill set and, uh, you and know, particularly with Sondheim. Yes, though things have sort of gone now towards you need to be an incredibly great singer, dancer, and really hot to be a Broadway, to be right. a Broadway star. Right? No, for sure. You have to be like fuckable alphabet. Yeah, it's really yeah. It. so. Uh, yeah. Wow. Oh, that's that's, that's really incredible <laughs> insight, Mike. Thanks. Yeah, no, but it's no, it's definitely true. That's definitely an interesting longer conversation. Uh, and and I I I should have gone and grabbed them, and I I might have mentioned it before, but one of my most prized possessions is my uh, magic beans that uh, Chip Zion gave to me. Oh, amazing! Uh, from because if you're into the woods, they're all he and uh, Joanna Gleason always talk about magic beans. Well, he once gave me some jelly beans, which I kept. Uh, anyway. The other last piece of Joanna Gleason is uh, she's married to Cloudy with a Chance of Membranes guest star, Chris Sarandon. Oh, hey, look at that. Now that is a better podcast. See? Look at that. Going out that deep dive the with the trivias. There wasn't any fraud. John Pierce disappeared days after kidnapping. Allegedly kidnapping. He also assumed a false name and identity, Alexander Riot. That's fraud? Mr. Pierce wanted a fresh start to get out from under the cloud of unfounded, unjust suspicion. He was convicted of sex crimes under this alias in another state. It took the Baldwin's investigator to figure out that Pierce and Riot were one and the same. Why didn't your clients at least file their lawsuit within the prescribed Deborah period Mooney, to back preserve the their judge. claim? It would have been pointless since they couldn't locate the defendant. You don't need to know where a defendant is in order to file a lawsuit. You do in order to serve him. He was found three years later. They could have served him in prison. All right. I'm going to let the claim survive the statute of limitations challenge. But as to whether there's a case here at all, there wasn't even enough evidence for the police to make an arrest. Different standard of proof in criminal cases. This is civil. Oh, who's kidding who? If the police thought he had kidnapped Chad Ball, the police did and do think that. They're just unable to prove it. And you think you can? I would like at least to be allowed to conduct discovery. Keith, I have a prediction. Mm. The kid's body is in the wood. <laughs> I'm going to grant you a short evidentiary hearing. Children will if decompose. You can make showing that you have anything oh, worth submitting to a jury. That I'll was let it the stand. Worst thing Otherwise, I'm granting the defendant's Ooh. motion. We'll see you back here tomorrow, 10 a.m. <laughs> wow, that was quite tomorrow? literally the worst thing I've ever said. If you're not ready to make a showing, counsel, after 18 well, I years, back that, that I certainly repeat, gives but... me pause. <laughs> we'll be here. Put the defendant back into custody. There's a big blank section in the episode <laughs> when you finally get to it. We just want to give him a funeral. I will forgive you, Jenny. Your if you just this is Baldwin. Jenny, please. please don't. Come on. Please. I'm sorry. It's all right. Okay. It's time to put up or shut up. Do we have the transcripts from the previous trials? Lucy ordered them. Okay, Jenny, you testify first. Okay. You might be attacked on memory, the fact that it happened 18 years ago. I've been playing it back for 18 years, Mr. Donnell. I remember it as if it was yesterday. Good. Uh-oh. 
Jeffrey Tambor is here. Hi, Jimmy. How you doing? I asked you not to come back here. Let's say I missed you. Take a walk with me. Let's go. There's just like 12 people staring at them. <laughs> Definitely not the Paramount backlot. Is this all of it? I just gave you 14.8. Which I appreciate, but you owe me 33. 27. 33 with the juice. Fox. The big. 8.25%. The juice. This is every penny I can get my hands on. Morris. Oh, shit. What a surprise. You know Jimmy Berluti? Look, Jimmy, I, I know what you're thinking. Morris is a big guy. I brought him here to rough you up, just like in the movies, right? Kind of cliche, if you ask me. But I I'll tell you, whatever words people might use to describe me. Oh! <gasps> Original isn't one of them. 36 hours. I'll have the rest. You got till tomorrow. How, Jimmy? So that was another 82. He gave him 14.5, so he's up at 23. And he owes him 34, so he's got to come up with another 11 grand. Yeah, that's Plus not they'll good. Add, they'll have another VIG on top for another 24 hours. It's probably owes him 40 at this point. Well, when you were a uh, criminal and uh, <laughs> was... Being somebody's uh, bookie enforcer, how many times did you have to beat somebody up on the back lot of a uh, studio pretending to be Boston? Well, Keith, I auditioned for Jersey Boys quite a lot, and that uh, is the plot of that show, basically. So uh, that's the only experience I can really speak to. Ah, Caught ah. a break. What? That was a guy named Bud Reynolds. He's a resident at state prison. Lucy's wearing a lot of feather today. I think it's a scarf. What is that? I don't know, but then look at her, the, the glove fringe as well. or like Well, she, well she, yeah, she's fringe. wearing like a super winter coat, but we were just outside with Jeffrey Tambor, and it's like 70. Yeah, it's more like a cardigan meets that thing, that uh, that that jacket that the Scarecrow wears in, in Wicked, when he's like part uh -huh. Scarecrow, part human frock type of scenario. Also, let's look at the calendar, which sometimes has uh, historical figures. It looks like maybe that's... Ella Fitzgerald, Ella I think? Fitzgerald was what I was going to say, but then was afraid that if it isn't, we look very uh, terrible. Look, it's standard definition. It's a long time ago. But they yeah. didn't get the month right. It, it does say October. Okay. Well, you know, Ella Fitzgerald was famous for her, uh, her album, Blurry October. So He claims John Pierce told him he kidnapped the Baldwin boy. Once again, half the episode is just just silent. <laughs> just silence. John Pierce. It's not a problem. You, he kidnapped, abused, and killed Chad Bolt. Yeah. This is top five worst After we've ever done. After 18 years of denying it, he suddenly tells Definitely. a stranger he did it. We weren't strangers. We were friends. Meanwhile, John all, of our, all of our listeners like <laughs> top five. Come on, listen a lot longer than five kids. Uh, well, it didn't say it was the only bad episode. Yeah, it was just that's the five, five worst. So this Explains is John Marzilli as the snitch. Hey, you don't got to believe me. It's nothing to me. Why? Why what? Why so public spirited? What's in it for you? 
That warm glow you get right here. When you squash a maggot. Okay. I said we were friends. We're not now. When did this conversation take place? Six, eight months ago. Why didn't you report it? Tell you the truth? I kept hoping somebody would stick a shank in his throat, but nobody ever did. And he's getting out soon. Oh, he's getting out soon. So that... Okay. How exactly now did this conversation all. come about? I don't remember. Just came up. Jailhouse informants lie all the time. But to the police, to cut a deal here, what would be his motive? Well, maybe just to get a day in court, break up the week. Did he seem believable? I couldn't really tell. Uh, he's not asking for anything, which makes me suspect he's probably telling the truth. So he is dead. My son. Part of me thought he was really still alive somewhere. Hoped, I guess. Did you arrange the transport? All taken care of. Okay, Jenny, you're still up first. Then we'll call this Reynolds guy. Deidre O'Connor is doing a great job. She's not doing too much. Yeah, you which is could always absolutely the do too much. Yeah. Oh, Jimmy's back for the cousin. Jeez, oh, Jimmy. I told you the time and can you help me with anything? A couple of thousand. It's killing me, but I can't. Thanks, Cuz. You okay? No, I got my you ass look beat. Good. Tell me about this horse. Oh no, his name, well his name is Paul Revere. That's deep We cut were deep. at the park. Mm, we used mm, to go Boston. every morning. It was Chad's favorite thing to do. What would your son do there? He loved constructing things in the sandbox, I guess like any four-year-old. This day he was playing with his Legos. And what were you doing? I was watching him, as well as my daughter Susan who was on the swings. And what happened? Susan fell off a swing and hurt herself, and she was crying. I ran over to see about her, maybe 30 or 40 seconds. And when I looked back, Chad was gone. While your son was playing, did you see anybody else in the area? I saw that man. John Pierce? Yes. He was at a water fountain about 20 feet away from where Chad was playing. What was he doing? Just standing there watching the children. Now, Keith, I know we're halfway through the episode here, but I need to clarify it just because, you know. Yes. This is a civil proceeding, yes? Yes, that's right. And so the burden of proof is much, let's say, lower. Yes, that's right. We've covered this already. This is why you made the OJ reference earlier. It is. It is, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for your time. <laughs> Did that make you nervous? <laughs> I really didn't think about it. Um... I had seen him before. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And he always seemed a little weird, but none of us, the mothers, knew he was a child molester. Objection. Remember in the beginning when uh, one of our founding sponsors was like, I can't believe you guys are doing this podcast. I have been thinking about doing this podcast, but then found yes. that that's right. Do you think now he's like, damn, I should have just done this podcast. It you still so can. It was so much better. 
The door is wide open. <laughs> There's not a lot I mean, of competition no, I, out there. You know how many you pro- like that your son was gone. Podcasts about the office Mr. there Bruce? are. No, he was gone too. Or scrubs. It all happened in seconds. Mrs. Baldwin. The missing comment. Did you see anyone else nearby who could have disappeared with Chad in a matter of seconds? No. Thank you. I'm very sorry about the loss of your son, Mrs. Baldwin. Yes, you told me that. Did you trade him for magic Mr. beans? Pierce actually... Yeah, you should have just told him to stay put, because children will listen. actually worked at the park, <laughs> didn't he? Evidently. You said he seemed weird. Had you ever complained about him to anyone? No. To your knowledge, did any of the mothers ever complain about Mr. Pierce's behavior toward their children? Not to my knowledge. Did you ever see him behave in a scary or inappropriate manner around the children? He stared at them sometimes. You never did see him abduct your son, did you? I didn't see it. So it could have been somebody else. Nobody else was near Chad. How do you know? If Mr. Pierce could disappear into the trees, someone else could have been hiding in there, couldn't they? It was him. Yeah, but no one else hiding in the trees is a convicted child molester. Doesn't it, Mrs. Baldwin? That's a good point. To give the monster a face. Even if it's the wrong face. Objection. Withdrawn. That's all I have. Jimmy's signing a either a withdrawal form or a maybe it's well if they stick with my check. Maybe it's a fake check. Hmm. Drawn on the on the firm that would make my pitch correct. Ish. Well, it'd be pretty correct. He looks nervous. Not not a good poker face. For a no. gambler, pretty shitty poker face. Uh, for those listening at home uh, of our younger age, this is back in the time when you would actually go to the bank and right. do stuff. Yeah, and like talk to a person, and the banks looked like these like giant luxury hotels. You'll notice in the background there, Keith, this uh, episode also brought to you by Compaq, also one of the only big major computer brands back then. One of the uh, very first LCD flat screens, which were so bougie at that point. Still probably weighed 800 pounds. Are you I was still rocking the CRT at this point. I'm a lawyer with the firm. You know CRTs are like are getting huge in the gaming scene right now. Are they really? If you still had one, you could sell it for like $800. Why? Uh, because apparently something with like the uh, refresh, refresh rate, rate is really low, yeah. so you can like do like high competitive gaming on them. Wow. James I had a good Brady. one back in the day. I uh, should be on record here. The manager knows me. Mr. Berluti, I'll just have to get this approved. 15000 Yes. Okay. It'll just take a second. Who's he drawing it against? One of the accounts from the firm. Oh, shit. Mike was right. Mike was right. Happens more we found three than Legos in his apartment. Did John Pierce it tell you how they got oddly there? oddly frequently. Yes, he said he had them for when his nephews came over. Three Legos. Yes. Three lone Legos. That's correct. Did you determine how often his nephews, in fact, came over? We determined he had no nephews. 
Were you ever able to determine that the Legos you found in Mr. Pierce's apartment belonged to Chad Baldwin? No, we were not. Any evidence of Chad Baldwin ever being present in my client's apartment? No. Any physical, testimonial, or forensic evidence to suggest that Chad Baldwin ever came in contact with John Pierce? Only the testimony of the mother, who said she saw him close to her son. I wish I could be more optimistic. What about the informant? He's going up next, but his credibility... Are they suing for damages? Have we even discussed that? The only that? thing I can think of is to call Pierce. Damages are definitely the on fist, the table. That's what they're using as leverage enough, to try to get something him. to incriminate himself. Contrary to the myth, not all child molesters are rocket scientists. Good one, Bobby. Zing. And an out of resolution B-roll of a of a horse track. Jimmy is going to bet on the horses. 12,000. So he took out $15,000 from the firm and is now going to bet the 90% of it on a horse? That's right. Jimmy. Jimmy. Now, we Jimmy. know Dumb Dumb Jimmy exists, but this is this is beyond the pale. Number four. This is like going to go to jail, Maddie's Jimmy. Charm. To win. $100 exact a wheel. Maddie's charm on top. <laughs> Did you see that And 2000 a show. Look no. at this guy who walked up Maddie's to the window in the foreground. To win. Look at this costume $100 he gave. exact a wheel. Maddie's charm on top. Bang! <laughs> he looks like he's an extra in that that Sting musical. What was that? Where they were like Irish fishermen? Oh, God. He literally is like, okay, so ask somebody who doesn't really know what they imagine a gambler looks like. <laughs> wow, that is, that is choice. Yeah. And 2,000 a show. Jesus. That's a number four. Very quick way to lose $15,000. So I I got to understand his brain here. So if you're going to ostensibly steal the money from the firm, you right. might as well just pay the bookie with it. Oh, but this way he's thinking I'll double down and then I can pay the firm back. No one will be the wiser and I pay the bookie. That's right. Wow, that is not smart. No. And this is because his cousin had a had a feeling Eugene, about this. Eugene, this just came through the facts. It's what? A CTR form from the bank. Oh shit! There's been a withdrawal. Lucy from the was on it. Thank God Lucy works here, guys. I hope she's getting a raise. Seriously, Ooh, B, B rolls not. Before we well. move on to what Mr. Pierce said to you, can you tell Charlie's me how you feel his about mind, trying to eat a bird? I can't the stand him. I make no bones there. Why don't you like Mr. Pierce? He told the CEO I had contraband in my cell and I got put in a hole for a few days. What kind of contraband? A hot plate. Are you a vindictive person, Mr. Reynolds? Yes. Are you testifying to get back at the defendant? No. I just think he deserves to go down for what he did to that Baldwin boy. All right. What exactly did he tell you about that? He said, and this is pretty much of a quote, I sure did enjoy getting that boy out from under his mama's nose. He was a real looker. Did he say who he was talking about? He said that kid who was snatched from the park, Chad Baldwin, the one on the news. Did he tell you he murdered Chad? He didn't use that word. 
He said he cleaned up after himself and that he regretted not keeping the kid around longer because he was good. What was his demeanor as he was telling you this? That's tough to listen to. Sort of dreamy. Oh, God. Same look a man gets when he's remembering a woman. The horses are at the gate. It's post time for the eighth race. Weird cut to B-roll of people watching the horse race. Here we go, Jimmy. What you got? This just in, I, I don't think the horse is going to win, Keith. And this just in, if you look at the, uh, they had footage of the race itself, and the date was October 11th, 2001, which was three days before this episode aired. Huh. Good detail work. Props department. Look at all these extras. It's like, they're like, this must be the hat that a gambler, they're all wearing these weird, like, caps, newsboy caps. All, I've seen at least six of them. There's six in the shot you paused right there. No gamblers wear those hats. Nobody. Did he ever give you any specific details of this crime? Just what I told you. Just that he did it. And enjoyed it. Isn't it true that you told Mr. Pierce you were going to get even with him? No, it's not. What are you serving a sentence for, Mr. Reynolds? Embezzlement and assault. <laughs> so we can safely assume you are both a dishonest and a violent person, can we not? I am telling the truth here. You even have a reputation in prison for being a snitch, don't you? Undeserved. Makes sense that Mr. Pierce would confess to a known snitch, doesn't it? Well, I find pedophiles lack judgment. Zing again. I think it's fair to assume. And, you know... Well... Maybe this isn't a fair assumption seeing our firm. I was going to say, whether or not Jimmy wins the money here, he should be, he's fired, right? Like, you don't come back from that. I, I'd have a hard time not firing him. Yeah. You know, you could make the argument, well, Bobby, you know, was on trial for murder. That's bad for PR. I mean, everybody's but. murdered somebody. I mean, come on. It doesn't make him special. Although if Jimmy loses the money, then we have a great, episode for further down the season of Big Pitches where we have to sue Jimmy. Well, I mean, sue, it's a crime. Prosecute Hell's Jimmy. Or prosecute maybe him. we have to defend Jimmy against ourselves. Run, baby! Run, baby! Get inside! Get inside! Go, baby! Go, baby! Unless he gets DQ'd or something. I won. Anything else? Did he win, Keith? Did he win? Oh, well, he won the Mr. money. Donald? Did yes, he win his soul? We call John Pierce to the stand. Objection. Mr. Donald knows full well I'm not about to allow that to happen. This is a civil proceeding. I can call and whoever... And criminal charges could follow. My client is allowed to assert his Fifth Amendment right not to testify, and my advice for him to do exactly that won't be subtle. Given that 18 years have passed, the likelihood that criminal charges will be brought... We're not talking likelihoods. There's still a chance. This man is a convicted child molester. He was seen and identified as being within 50 feet of the victim at the time of the kidnapping. 
Chad Baldwin was playing with Legos at the time. Legos were found in that bastard's apartment. Objection, Mr. Donald. Keep your shit together. We all know we can't get him criminally. At least give us a chance to get him civilly. Counsel, step up. First, Mr. Donald, as much as I admire your passion, you are not exactly known as a champion of fair play, so I would delete the moral indignation from your repertoire. Awesome. <laughs> Great line. Now, Ms. Lightstone. True. Dude, I love that her last name is Lightstone. Yeah, it's like a Star Wars name. Yeah. Our client does not have to testify here, but if he doesn't, you might not like my finding. My client is judgment-proof. I'm not terribly I'm concerned. I'm not talking about civil liability. What are you talking about? You're a good lawyer, Henrietta. Figure it out. As a convicted pedophile, your client can be kept in jail even after his sentence has expired if he's considered to be a danger to society. Really? He's already satisfied the psychiatrists that he's not. Yes. They consider him to be rehabilitated, full of remorse. Well, from where I sit, and I tend to like the view up here, I'm not awesome. getting that picture. If he refuses to testify, that makes me concerned as to whether he has truly reformed. What are you saying? I want to hear from him. Otherwise, the district attorney's office might want to bring civil commitment proceedings and your client may never get out. This is blackmail. I'm just pointing out risks, counsel. So, if my client refuses to testify, you can find him uncooperative and recommend he stay locked up forever. And if he testifies and slips up, he could stay locked up forever. This judge is like the perfect amalgamation of Linda Hunt and Kittleson. Yeah. She's got she's, sass, she's, a, she's got, but she's also very down the middle. Well, not down the middle. She's very... This uh, is not down focused. the middle. She's full on extorting a good <laughs> dude. Now, let me see his Choose penis. <laughs> You know, given the case, that's that's off color, but we we haven't been on color all day. <laughs> no. Now we have our leverage. He's got a strong incentive to tell us where the body is if it'll stop this train. There's no way they want to risk testifying. If he did testify, do you think you could get him? I should be able to shake him enough to give spindle doubts. That's what they have to be afraid of now. He's not just risking criminal prosecution. If he plays dodgeball with me, the DA could argue he's not rehabilitated and seek involuntary confinement. It's civil, but prison is prison. We got him in the crossfire now. Our leverage is great. Now's the time to go back to them. With what? Well, if he tells us where the remains are, we drop our claim, he gets his freedom, and you get to have a funeral for your son. No. Why not? That's what she wanted. Jenny, what's wrong? Bobby, you asked us at the beginning why we hired you. And I gave you an honest answer that we wanted closure. But now yeah. we want a million dollars. Sitting here right now, with the possibility that he could go free, I suddenly realize I want vengeance more. Okay. Jenny. If the choice is get the body back and he goes free versus don't get the body and he rots in jail, I choose that he rots. That's a valid 
maternal response. Are you sure? I want him to rot. Well, in her shoes, wouldn't you? And I gotta thank her because I want him to rot is five syllables. Oh! Jimmy. Giant Xerox logo. Uh Uh-oh. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. (laughs) Shut the door. Do not want to go to the principal's office with Eugene. What's up? Yeah, it's a withdrawal slip. What about it? What you need $15,000 for? I had some expenses on the Peterson case. You're not a good liar, Jimmy. We've established that. What's going on? Okay. I had a personal emergency, all right? The money's already back. I just came from the bank. So you think that's that? Look, Eugene, I got in a jam with a bookie. I borrowed money for like seven hours. You stole money. You took from a client's trust fund. That's theft. I'm sorry. It it was a one-time situation. Can we just let it go? No. We can't. This affects the entire firm. I got to bring it to Bobby. Please, just don't do that, please. Eugene. Jimmy, what did you expect to happen? Did you really think no one was going to notice and that there would be no consequences? Oh, Jimmy. Eugene wants to see you. That's a weird cut to have to... Without a commercial break, we're basically just continuing the previous scene, but escalating it. It's an awkward... I think of that from a writer's standpoint. Like, that's tough. Yeah, wouldn't you I just cut go back, back to... Six hours this plus right interest. Here? By law, we're required to notify the client and the bar. Well, it was a separate scene. If I don't, this whole firm could get disbarred. Bobby, I could go to jail. Whose fault is that? Look, Bobby. Bobby, we defended you for murder. I'm done. You said that before. I'm done. You have my word. I'm supposed to risk everybody's reputation, risk this firm on the word of an addict? I'm not an addict. That. I'm doing court. What's going to happen? I don't know. How the fuck are we going to get Jimmy out of this? Like, is Bataluco off the show? What's happening? Well, we're really... It's going to come down to what... What the firm decides to do. I mean, if they don't report it, there are no consequences. I'm also hating that this character that they've, like... We've had the redemption arc for Jimmy a few times is now... He's not even showing contrition. You know, he's, he's pissed at Eugene. Like, it really sucks, man. Yeah, and also, like, it's an odd choice. Like, Jimmy, I think if he'd gone to Bobby and said, look, this is the situation that I'm in. Can the firm lend me whatever? And then I'll work it off. Like, I, I, I don't see Bobby turning that down. He didn't even take it out of the firm. He took it out of that very specific trust, which makes it, like, full-on fucking 
terrible. Well, it's even sneakier because he's like, oh, nobody will be noticing that. But, you know, or have a scene where like they come and they're like, look, Jimmy, this is fucked up. You know, if you agree to do counseling, do outpatient, do this, do that, like they could have used right, it right, as right, like right. A, a beat about a, an actual addiction, right? But right. they're they're choosing to make it the drama about in, in the arc of the show rather than like make a point, which is interesting because David E. Kelly is all about sort of using using the the narratives to make a, a cultural reference or a cultural uh help me out here what am i trying to say uh, to to point out a societal yeah. issue yes 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 and this doesn't really treat gambling addiction no it sort of sensationalizes it it sensationalizes how the bookies like i don't know they could have really gone uh, i don't know I guess they got eight minutes. Through everybody in page by caps. Try to get that. I mean, on the other hand, this shit happens. Yeah. People get in jams. People do stuff like this. Mr. Pierce, if you didn't kidnap Chad Baldwin, who did? I do not know. Do you care? Of course I care. But it wasn't me. You've already told a lie, haven't you? Now, my second question. Objection. Sustained. You cared when Chad Baldwin was kidnapped? Mr. Donnell, I had a sexual problem for which I received both treatment and medication, but I have never been a person without compassion. So when a four-year-old disappears, you would feel compassion? Yes. Would you bother to help if you could? Because I'm curious. You were there at the time, seen less than 50 feet away. You even knew the victim. Why didn't you go forward to the police as a possible witness? Because I didn't see anything. How do you know? Maybe there was something you saw seemingly irrelevant to you, but it could have provided a clue to them. Why didn't you at least say, hey, how can I help? Look, I was afraid they'd suspect me. Why? At this point, your record was clean. Why would they suspect you? You didn't molest those other three boys till after. Objection. Sustained. Your work shift went to 4 p.m., but I see on this day, you left early. I didn't feel well. You didn't feel well. Did you they go to a supervisor to say you were ago? leaving? No, I just went home. Coincidentally, you left within 30 to 40 seconds of the time Chad Baldwin disappeared. Can you account for such a coincidence? A soon-to-be-convicted child molester is within 50 feet of a child at the exact time he's kidnapped? Objection. Withdrawn. Why'd you leave the state? I cooperated completely with the police before I left the state. Why'd you leave, sir? Because I expected to get the same bias from everybody that I'm getting from you. So you ran? Yes. Tell us about those Legos. Why'd you tell the police that the Legos were for nephews you didn't have? I lied. As I said, I knew they thought that I was guilty. So I you lied? Yes. Why didn't you tell them the truth? Because I didn't remember when I got the Legos. So you decided to say you had nephews? Yes. What happened to Chad Baldwin? I don't know. Do you care? I said I care. Because you have compassion. Can you feel for his parents sitting over there? Yes. Can you understand how they would love to get their son's remains so they can get some kind of closure? Can you understand that? Yes. 
Would you be willing to help them if you could? Yes, but I can't. Well, even peace of mind that you didn't take their son, would you be willing to give them that? I'm trying right now. I appreciate that. Would you be willing to take a polygraph? Objection. I'm not talking about using Bobby. it for criminal purposes. A private nice. polygraph just between parties, just to satisfy my clients that you didn't take their son. Would you be willing to do that so they can just move on? Those things aren't foolproof. Understood. Would you be willing? I don't care if he's willing. I won't allow it. Whatever your lawyer advises or recommends, John, it's ultimately your decision. Will you take that polygraph? No, because I don't trust them to be reliable. And you insist on reliability. Objection. Nothing further. Wow, Bobby pulled it all out there. He I did. Like I mean, he right. did Mr. what he Pierce, could. You may step down. But it's a really interesting situation Mr. because Donald. you could Any look at that witnesses? scene in one of no, two ways. Right. He might not have done it. No, but I'd like. Right. Or he might have. Like it's really I I don't I don't know as a viewer at this point if he did it or not. What's interesting is that Bobby, but true. But Bobby's change in tactic is actually pretty awesome there because if if we change if the goalpost has moved, because now it's no longer find the body, right? Now right. it's we want him to stay in prison. By getting by by kind of by using the well, I won't even call it a bluff, by using the polygraph gambit, we'll call it. Assuming he's going to reject one way or the other, really, it still makes him look guilty, which is all the judge really needs to make him stay in prison, right? Right, right, right. So there's a whole mess of competing motives here. Like, everybody has multiple motives, and, and it's really unclear as to what actually happened. And even if the guy is sincere, right? Let's say he's right. Like, let's say he takes the polygraph. Like he said, mm -hmm. it's unreliable. It could very well come back and say he runs the risk of because right now in the back of his brain, right, he's like, well, I'm getting off. At some point, I'm getting paroled. So right. if I take that polygraph and for whatever reason it's inconclusive, I'm fucked. Right. But he also was there. Oh, no, no, because it was in a sidebar right. with the judge threatening him. But I'm, I'm sure assuming that yeah. Gleason probably would have told him. Yeah, it's a tough spot. What the stakes were for him, too. Because he, like, he's got to be honest without All right. being not. I don't know. It's confusing. You know, but like, what did he do the right thing? Like, either way. And at the end of the day, even if he stays in prison, is this going to bring the relief to the parents? It's like, Keith, if I, if you may, if you allow me to strain a, an analogy, it's almost as if they're, they're, they're chasing magic beans. <laughs> yeah, we've been straining it all day. If the defendant was not involved <laughs> in the disappearance of Chad Baldwin, then we have to assume there was another skulking child molester who happened to be hiding behind a tree in the same area at the same time. Mr. Pierce, you look pretty guilty to me. But as for evidence, that's all there is. You were there at the time and place. Admittedly, your job required you to be there. I'm gonna let this case go forward. But Mr. Donald, if you don't come up with more, I will be dismissing it at a later date. What about recommending to the district attorney's office that they file for civil commitment? I can't recommend a man's freedom be taken away based on suspicion alone. We're adjourned. Which I think is 
fair on all counts. I'm sorry. Is it over? No. If the wrongful death action survives, we can keep digging. But there's no money to be won. And as for keeping him in jail or finding the whereabouts of your son's remains, we struck out. I'm very sorry. You did your best. Perhaps a wiser lawyer would have steered you away from all this. We wouldn't let you. You tried. A lot of dangling chads, Keith. Feels like there's an episode two. Oh. We're going to wrap it all up in part one. Oh, we were going to introduce more characters. Mr. Donald? Hey, it's that guy. Yeah, who I'm going to introduce next episode because he's uncredited in this episode. Oh, okay. I can't wait. Yes. I'm James Tucker, and this is my mother. How can I help you? We've been following the Pierce trial on the news, and we need to talk to somebody. About what? I think I may be Chad Baldwin. Oh, shit. Ooh, baby. There are giants so. in the sky. <laughs> Hakeem is back to receive. Hakeem is at a oh, Jimmy's watching football. An uncredited cameo from Al Michaels. They just downpitched his voice slightly so YouTube algorithms wouldn't pick it up. <laughs> Hakeem, that's the, uh, it's the Rams. He's a hell of a returner. Jimmy's apartment's pretty shabby, huh? Well, he doesn't make a lot of money. Oh, what are we gonna, what's revealed here? He can't look at himself in the mirror, but he's going to slow pan. Oh, yeah. Sad piano. Hit it. Sad piano. Now Jimmy has a quandary. Wow. There it is. Part one, baby. Wow. Well, guys, somehow we got to the end of it. And if we I'm not it. mistaken, it's... Uh, Still recording, so that's uh, yeah. that's a that's a win. Uh, Let's we're gonna squeeze we're gonna, in some oopsies. We're gonna climb down that beanstalk and meet you back on solid ground for the oopsies starting now. Well, you know, in a, like another twelve minutes because we have other shit we have to do. But you know, yeah. And we are back, baby. Oh boy, we got through Vanished Part One. Uh, we have so many thoughts uh, not demonstrated by our performance during the episode, Ooh, girl. which uh, it, 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 it wasn't great. But you know what will be great? <laughs> Everybody's favorite brand new nope. segment. Not brand new. We got to do the old one first. We got the old one first? Mike has 30 seconds to remember what just happened on the show. Yo, Jimmy's upset because he owes uh, Pedo some money. Or no, no, he owes Jeffrey Tam Actually, that's that's <laughs> God help me. He owes somebody money. 
He's borrowing money from clients. He's taking money out of the bank. He wins a horse race, uh, but everybody's pissed at him. Meanwhile, uh, Joanna Gleason's defending a pedo. That's what I meant. Uh, to find a body, and we learn maybe it's still alive after all of that. So the parents, are they just chasing a rainbow? Everybody knows my kid's in trouble. <laughs> All right, I have a new... I think we can change the resolution. <laughs> the camera. From 1080p to camera off. Oh, good God. Oh. That was maybe the worst of, of all time. <laughs> that was the worst. Oh, all right. Now, now you're just sitting on the screen. All right. Now no, no, it's oh, everybody's favorite... Hold on, new hold on. segment. The preview. I gotta, I gotta fix it for you. This is what's happening. It's so bad. Okay. Uh, everyone's favorite new segment. Keith, we're going question, statement, question this week. Oh, okay. Why am I so big sitting there? That's not what it's supposed to be. <laughs> Hold on, let's let's see in real time the way. Giant high There we go. That's more. Oh no, no, I shrunk everything. Why? <laughs> you know what? I deserve it. It's staying like that. <laughs> this is such a mess. Jimmy keeps digging. Tell us where the body is. Chasing magic beans. Mmm. Very good. Very good. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. So, uh, I, have a, I have one more camera adjustment. <laughs> Quit podcast. <laughs> Surrender, Dorothy. Okay. No, that... All right. So, that was great. The Haikoopsie was great. And you know what else is going to be great? Please, please. Our favorite award show. Our favorite emeritus. <laughs> the Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present. Oopsie. The Oopsies. Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies? Well, I'll tell you a person whose name I'm not going to mention on this episode. Worth they it. are the fake awards show that we do at the end of every episode that begins with... Keith, we're coming in hot next week. Everything's going to be great next week. It's going to work. We're going to be funny. We're going to be on it. The graphics are going to wow. work. I can't wait. Mm -hmm. mm. Do you know, also last week, I totally forgot to mention it was my anniversary because we're a week ahead, so I didn't realize it was going to air my anniversary, so now CEO Jen's going to probably fire me, which is probably what I deserve. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, happy anniversary next week, last week, whenever the whatever the time was. So... I can tell you this. Jimmy is not the most valuable lawyer this week. No. He's the um, most valuable gambler. He made a lot of money. And I think Bobby is doing a... Bobby's doing a good job uh, navigating 
ever-changing desires of his client and uh, trying to use the law and use the criminal proceeding to, or the civil proceeding to compel his the defendant to ostensibly admit to a crime he maybe didn't pursue. And if he can't get him to admit that crime and or where the body is, at least get him to stay in prison. So he's, Bobby's juggling a lot and I think doing it. And, and though it can be said Gleason thus far has done pretty well as well. I'm going to go with Bobby, Bobby McDonald. Yeah, no, I think Bobby is, he's really making a case out of mist at this point because you know, as as uh, Deborah Mooney, the judge, pointed out, like there's really nothing here. And yes, the the burden of proof is lower in a civil case, but even just to get him on the stand, even to get the the case rolling at all, is uh, takes a lot of maneuvering. And he's doing a good job, like you said, dealing with the competing interests of his client. Um, so. Yeah, no, I, th- I think Bobby's doing Bobby's doing a really good job. It's tough to say because we don't know what the outcome of the case is going to be. Um, but if the twist at the end where the kid is still alive and he came back, whatever the results of the case was, putting the case up has resulted possibly in reuniting this family. So congratulations, Bobby Donald, on your most valuable lawyer. And now it's time. Uh, stretch it up, folks. Already famous because you've been on TV. Getting a paycheck. Or first entry on your IMDb. Way to go. But you're the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor on the episode. Magic beans. <laughs> I should have gotten them. All right, next time. Oh uh, yeah, that's me. I don't, man. Uh, See what yeah. happens now is is you talk and then I talk and then we give out a fake award and then we can all go home. Trying to Gleason. Well, <laughs> she's great. Well, she's great, and I love Joanna Gleason, and I'd give her a award for pretty much anything. But I actually have two other people who I I would give it to. Uh, you think? Uh, you, okay, go ahead. So I Convince I thought me. that that Deirdre O'Connell did a very good job yes. in this episode. Yes. Really um being able to bring all of that emotion, all of that 18 years of pent-up rage and sadness without overdoing it, without massachewing the scenery. And uh, you know, I you sort of Charlie <laughs> just jumped out of the window and knocked my phone off. <laughs> uh but uh I thought did a really, really fine job there in a in a tough role because that can get sort of overwrought and cliche because we see that character a lot. I think she did a really good job. I also uh, thought that Tom Bauer as the creepy guy did a really credible job yeah. as well. In you know, in the sense you're playing a monster, but this version is is a little more complex, a little more interesting, and has really kept me guessing. I don't, I mean, obviously now if the kid came back, he didn't kill him. And uh, he was able to play that monster with a shred of dignity, with a shred of credibility, showing the remorse, but also not giving away. I I, I thought he did a really good job as well. 
So I'm a little torn. Uh, but I See, guess you're, you're I'm expecting go- a split ski. I was expecting a split ski, but uh, not that one. Uh, but I will. I guess I will give my half to Deirdre O'Connell. Uh, so congratulations. A shout out to Deborah Mooney also. Deborah Mooney was great too. Charlie is now uh, composing behind me. It's a lot, lot going on in cat content today. Uh, he's getting bored because this has been going on forever. All right, so uh, great. Let's move forward with... You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show. We got some great stuff from Bobby this week from Dylan McDermott, but I also think, for me, in the face of just a a completely off the rails, not completely off the rails, a a semi-off-the-rails plotline with Jimmy, Michael Bonaluca was still grounding it. He had to show us despair. He had to show us sort of an addict's... uh, um, uh, frenzy when 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 faced with not just the consequences of owing the vig but also um you know eugene and his work his whole professional life being questioned and that that horse scene of him just kind of like going through everything and then winning and playing that in a different take it's it's not the way you're expecting you're expecting him to this big celebration but not him it's like this very business-like Okay, what's my neck? I, I just thought he was tasked with a really sort of in a different. He's sort of in a different play than everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. and and he plays it well. And and Keith is also in a different play with his cat rearing. But um, I got to give it to Michael Bataluco here. No, I, I I think for sure it's Michael and and very well done uh, keeping that train of thought going while my cat turned on the demo on the <laughs> piano. <laughs> oh, we didn't <laughs> hear that. Got- unfortunately. Uh, Unfortunately slash fortunately, we didn't hear it. Oh, you'll hear it when when we get there. Uh, yeah, no, I thought Michael did a did a really good job here. He's he's sort of stuck. You know, he's he's the character has been placed in a really uh, tough position, and he's not making good decisions. Uh, but you know, Michael's bringing honesty to it, and and it's exciting. I mean, it was certainly exciting to watch him react to the race all on his face. Um, so uh, congratulations, Michael Bataluco, for your Best Actor Award. Coming up now, it's... The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Up in your screen, you'll see last week's Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady, which was... I don't remember. I don't remember either because we haven't posted the last episode mm-hmm. and I have to watch that part in order to do the graphic. So I'm sure it was hilarious uh, Tom Brady gag. And it may or may not appear, but if it was going to appear, it would be now. Otherwise, you find it on Instagram. Future Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Check us out on Instagram. Uh, But this week, I think we've beaten the dead ogre so so much with our soon-to-be-revealed Easter egg. (laughs) Uh, Let's do... Uh, the 2021 revival of Into the Woods starring Tom Brady, Tom Brady, as the oh, Tom Brady one for being Tom Brady. It, it, Tom Tom Brady playing what character? Who would you cast Tom Brady as? Well, I mean, most people would think that Tom Brady would be, uh, would be the, one of the, clearly one of the princes. 
Oh, one of the I'm agony sure. princes. But I think we got to go a little bit different and let's go. Let's go. This week's winner of the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady is on the steps of the Brady as Tom the, Brady performs as Cinderella as into in into the woods. On the steps of the Brady. Great. Uh congratulations on the steps of the Brady, Tom Brady. Now it's time for Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. Well, folks, we really went a long way around the block today. Mm. Uh, everything broke. We tried to fix it. Nothing got fixed. But at the end of the day, it was a pretty good episode. I thought it, it raised a pretty cool question about whether we could use these civil proceedings to compel this witness to tell us where the body is. And I, uh, though the Jimmy thing seemed ridiculous at first, I was right about it, so that makes it better to me. Oh, clearly. Uh he stole money from the firm, which, so I'm interested as to see, like, how can we, last year we tried to uh, redeem the Helen character, didn't quite work out for us. This year, it seems like we're breaking down the Jimmy character, possibly for a late redemption, we shall see. So I'm interested. Uh, and also, uh, I'm interested to see, they compelled me to see where the episode goes next week, as potentially we have the the discovered child. So anyway, I thought as a part one, it was pretty good. Uh, it raised the stakes properly. It it asked enough questions for me to maintain my interest from week to week. I'm still a little offset, upset with, you know, at first I was, I thought the Jimmy stuff was just out of left field, but you know, the show kind of one of the practice things it does is to do that crazy meta arc. So it's not that out of character. Liked it, didn't love it. I was distracted a lot of this episode because of my own failings as a host, a husband, <laughs> a human being. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to give it 7.61 spare tires. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this episode, well, I, I do find the idea of Jimmy's arc compelling that I think Jimmy struggling with a gambling addiction would be a compelling story arc. And it is a story arc that I would buy. I would, I would totally buy that this would happen. And, uh, and I would like to find that out. I just, I'm not really that compelled by this version of the story arc <laughs> because it feels abrupt because Jimmy's decision-making process doesn't make a lot of sense. And there's a way for the show to justify him making these decisions, taking these risks. But I just don't think they did. It, it, it felt a little lazy in some ways. Like you're, they want to set up the end game of, uh, you know, oh, he's in this situation. What is the firm going to do? We, he gets the miraculous win, which gets him out of the financial trouble, but now he's got this. But it just, it's, it feels a little abrupt and a little undercooked. Um, although Michael did a tremendous job with it, I just, I don't know. I want to see the better version. I want to see draft two of this storyline, and I feel like we're seeing draft one. 
Um, the other case I think that was a little bit more interesting. I liked the ambiguity about um, this this character, the, the the Tom Bauer character, and his his relationship with his crimes and his and and the uh, both taking responsibility for his crimes, but also being pretty fed up with feeling accused of crimes he didn't commit because of that. And it's, I don't know. I, I, I found that a little bit more interesting. I, the, he's really alive and he just showed up feels a little bit of a soap opera twist to me. So Mm -hmm. I'm really curious to see how they, uh, finish that. Um, so I don't know. I, this is not the type of episode that I like. This is sort of, it's, <laughs> Are you it's talking about very... the podcast or of the practice? <laughs> yeah, all of the above. It, it felt very work back from the twisty to me. It, 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 it Sometimes this happens. Like the, the practice will have like, oh, a really cool idea for a twist. And then they work back from it. And, so stuff sort of has to lay out in a certain way. And it's not really, again, it feels a little undercooked, feels a little underthought out. Um, and uh, because they want that big practice aha moment at the end. And the better episodes work their way, like writing it chronologically, where you're actually like, all right, we have we set up the conflict and then we have them battle it out and see what happens. And this felt a little forced. So the whole thing felt a little forced to me. Um, so I'm going to give it 6.93 spare tires for this episode. I'm curious to see what happens. Part two might redeem it. Who knows? But as of now, that's the amount of spare tires you get. Speaking and I'll of tell redemption. What, we're not getting one. But we can redeem your afternoon by uh, moving on with your day. If you would like to email and complain, you can find us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com or on Facebook and Instagram at outofpracticepodcast. You can do us a huge favor. And as I say every week, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, just not about this episode. <laughs> but you can join all of these fine people. Uh, if you if you leave a review on a service that's not Apple, just let us know. We'll be happy to read it and welcome you gratefully into the jury. Speaking of gratitude, this episode of the Out of Practice Podcast is brought to you by founding sponsors Jorge Novoa, Cloud Lover 69, Leanne Wrights, Jennifer Masanova, and Kari Kuhn. If you would like to join them and to be quite frank, why? Why would you? Yeah, because <laughs> we're very attractive. <laughs> you can do, you can do so by, you know finding the show notes and clicking on a link and you know potentially be giving a virus who knows haven't checked those links wow i imagine they make a sale baby make a sale Uh, you know at the end of the day guys take all your money and Mm -hmm. go up to the bookie window and just put all your money on laser sounds to win the triple crown keep that we'll be back next week to redeem whatever the hell this was uh we wish you a happy week and uh you know laser sounds yeah, uh, laser sounds. <laughs> that was the sound of the podcast imploding. <laughs>